Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. If you have employees as a small business owner, you will probably want them back at your place of employment. They may not be comfortable with returning to that place of employment because of COVID-19 fears. So what must an employer do before taking the reopening step and when and if at all employees are free to refuse to return to the workplace without placing their jobs in jeopardy? That's an interesting question. Back with us on the program is Lior Samfiru of Samfiru Tumarkin LLP, one of this country's foremost employment lawyers. And we always go to Lior for questions and answers on the issue of employment law. STLawyers.ca is the website. So, Lior, is there something that the employer who may be struggling, who has been facing months of no income and really just surviving, opens the, the business again and says to the employees, I want you back here, I want you starting on Monday, and uh, there are no options. Does the employer have the right to say that, to do that, or must the employer meet some standards first? Certainly, Roy, these are the questions that employers have been asking me and, and, and asking generally over the past number of weeks as things begin to reopen. So employers, of course, have a strict legal obligation to protect employees and ensure their health and safety as much as possible. That's an obligation that always existed, and it's that much more important now with this pandemic. So primarily, first of all, before they even talk, before an employer can, can talk or consider opening back up, it has to ensure that it's taken the necessary steps as outlined by the health authorities in terms of ensuring social distancing, uh, cleaning, sanitization of the workplace, etc. That has to be in place before the business opens. Now, once the employer does that and says, I've met the requirements, there's check marks near all the boxes, then an employer is expected to have or can expect to have its employees back to work. There are really only two situations, uh, Roy, where an employee can say that I'm not going to return to work even though you've taken measures, employer. And those are situations where the employee continues to have childcare obligations that uh, they have to meet given the fact that there's no uh, daycare or childcare. Uh, and the second one is there's an underlying medical condition and they have a doctor saying that given their condition, going back to work would be too risky. But beyond that, Roy, an employee does have to go back. And if they don't, they risk that being considered a resignation. And that's also the case, is it not, Lior, if uh, somebody's receiving CERB and they say, look, I still have some eligibility here and I don't want to come back because I'm getting the money from the government. They may not put it in those terms, but if that's what's taking place, that's also possibly a, a, an option for the employer to say, well, you resigned. Well, absolutely. I spoke with an employer just on, uh, on Thursday this week where they had an employee that was ready, getting ready to come back to work. And wouldn't you know it, Justin Trudeau announced that the CERB is going to be extended by two months. That employee says, well, now I'm going to stay uh, home for longer. Uh, the reality is there is this misconception that the, the CERB is just free money available to whoever is uncomfortable working uh, in this pandemic. And that's simply not the case. It's only for those employees who do not have a job or do not have an option to work because of the pandemic, not when a choice is being made, even if that choice is otherwise reasonable. So I do think that employees are making that choice, and which is making it harder for employers to open up the business because they simply cannot get their employees back to work. They're scared, number one, understandably, some employees, 
but there's also this incentive to stay home and continue receiving the Serbs. Now, it's interesting. I received the same question by way of email from uh, two listeners after I'd mentioned that you were going to be on the program, and I tweeted it out, so I received email, one from Vancouver, one from Toronto. You have offices in both of those cities, stlawyers.ca. And the question was this, has employment law changed in any way to affect what I would normally consider to be my rights and an employer's obligations. Now, last time you were on the air with us, we talked about some of the uh, changes that have been made or adjustments that are made temporarily to Ontario employment law. But has that have, have any changes taken place that people should be aware of? Practically speaking, an employee that's off work through through obviously not their choice or their employer's uh, choice or given the slowdown with the employer's business continues to have uh, the similar or, or if not the same rights in terms of considering such a layoff, a temporary layoff, as a termination and requiring the employer to pay severance. The, the unfortunate part is that employees that do not want to do that, that would like to go back to work, now would have to continue waiting much longer. In Ontario, uh, the government said that if you're not going to treat the layoff as a termination, you're going to have to wait a while, and we don't even know until when, before an employer uh, is going to be legislated to bring you back to work. In B.C., that period of time has been extended from 13 weeks to 16 weeks before a temporary layoff automatically becomes a termination. But an employee may still have the right to make that choice. Do I want to stay on layoff or do I want to say, no, I'm going to separate from my employer and require my employer to pay me my severance? One other question that I received by way of email, Lior, had to do with being a contract employee. And the, the person who sent the email uh, didn't know the difference where, between being a part-time employee and a contract employee. What's the distinction here, and when does it come into play? So generally speaking, a contract employee is, is, we refer to that as someone that is actually not an employee, someone that's an independent contractor that's in business for him or herself, uh, and they're hired to do a specific job or for a specific period of time. The reality, Roy, is that in many of these cases, individuals are misclassified, where they're still employees in the eyes of the law, regular employees, but are somehow misclassified. They're called something other than they really are. And individuals that are in that situation should know that if you are misclassified, you continue to have the rights of employees because that's what you are in terms of overtime, vacation, severance, and, and the other gamut of, of entitlements. A part-time employee really is an employee that works limited hours, but the nice thing is still has the full protection of the law, full protection of employment standards. But this misclassification or is something that's very common. There's many individuals that for years work as regular employees, but on paper are called something else. Leo, one more question. Where does the employee fit or the former employee fit? You've, uh, you've lost your job because the business has closed, and we're hearing uh, great concern from significant numbers, very, very many uh, small, medium-sized businesses in this country have concern about whether or not they're going to survive this entire pandemic and be able to come back and be vibrant and continue the way they were and be profitable. So if the business fails and the employee loses the job, where does the employee rank in the list of creditors? <laughs> Uh, this is a bit of a pet peeve of mine. You and I talked about this years ago when, it, when Sears uh, went under. Uh, and the unfortunate thing is an employee is an unsecured creditor, meaning that they're lining up behind the business's secured creditors 
practically speaking, that means the employee is left holding the bag and not going to receive anything or, or virtually nothing if they lost their job. So your secured creditors, your banks usually, will be the ones that will get a first crack at whatever assets or inventory or money that there is, and employees will not get that. I, I've said this to you before. I consider that to be wrong. I think some changes are required to our bankruptcy laws. So far, nothing has happened, and that is unfortunate. And indeed, a lot of employees in the current pandemic situation are going to feel that, uh, that brunt of that. Okay. Leo, what's the best way for our listeners to get in touch with you, get in touch with your uh, firm? Yes, best way to get all the contact information and to get in touch is through stlawyers.ca or simply employmentlawyer.ca. Okay, stlawyers.ca or employmentlawyer.ca. Lior, thank you very much for the time. Always appreciate it. Always a pleasure, Roy. Thank you. Take care. Lior Samfiru, stlawyers.ca, employmentlawyer.ca. If you want to hear more, subscribe to The Roy Green Show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you find your favorites. And if you like what you hear, leave us a review and tell a friend. I'm Roy Green. Have a great weekend.